On 11-16 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, Wednesday night. Hey, thanks to Brett Thomas on a, a great show and we'll catch up with Brett again tomorrow night. And of course to Brett Phillips at Tennis Central with thanks to AFT Hire. We'll catch up with Brett uh, over the next uh, couple of hours throughout the Diego's. Hey boys, welcome to the show. Vinny Venezuela. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Happy New Year, Thank listeners. You. Thank you. You read my mind. Warren, you're looking sprightly in 2016. Yeah, Happy New Year to... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I... Keep going. No, there's implications to what you said. <laughs> yes. No, no, I, I was going to say Happy New Year to you, Rodrigo, and yeah. it's good to see you, Carlos. Um, do you know, just off track, this mm. is off track, but so we started usual exactly the same. You know the Elvis <laughs> intro that we have? Mm. Do you know at parks every year at this time, this weekend, they have an Elvis festival and approximately <laughs> 2,500 people dressed up as Elvis mm. go to parks for the for the week. It's mm-hmm. like an Elvis Festival, so festival. Yeah, do you, do you, <laughs> Carlos? G'day, how you going? How are you there, Rodrigo? And uh, and I was just thinking that <laughs> I thought Warren's going to say that two thousand five hundred Warrens in Brazilian tops, like the way he's wearing we're, tonight. Are we're working parks. towards yeah. that, and I just don't know which obscure country town that I want to yeah. have that happen in. I'm going to paint a picture for our listeners out there. Mary Warren's Jig, coming to Mary Jig, wearing, Warren. It's the first time I've actually seen you wear the away strip for Brazil. Yes, to a show. Yep. But I don't think there's anyone in the history of the world who can make a Brazilian top look as bad as what you can, <laughs> just quietly. Yeah, the egg stains. I'm not sure yeah. about the yeah. egg stains. Yeah. And right. by the way, Warren runs marathons. Yeah, no, I back in. I'm back in training too. I can't. I can't believe that you run 42k yep. and you've got the body you've got. <laughs> Carlos, uh, <laughs> listeners, I was in Brazil when. Um, uh, Warren made a few purchases, and uh, no, I don't know no. what it is about foreign countries, but uh, he shook everyone's hand, and I and I said to Warren, <laughs> Warren, when you when you purchase things in Australia, do you shake people's hands? He actually, goes, no, no, actually, Vinny, I don't. That's a, actually this was purchased at that time. I do remember the yeah. conversation you had with me. Yeah. Was that one of those? Uh, oh, that was the shoes. Remember the yeah, shoes? Yes. So didn't you buy that off the Copacabana no, beach? No, the, no, the no, no. We there? bought this in the. Swiss Alps equivalent oh, of Brazil. So, so you got ripped off where you what went to What was the buy. name of that place again? Uh, the Brazilian oh, yeah, Swiss Alps. Right. Granada. It was freezing cold in the middle of Brazil. Granada? Was it? Granada. Granada, maybe. It was just, yeah, I bought it there. And remember I had that delicate negotiation for a pair of runners <laughs> and it all fell through? That's right. Yes. That's right. And you were very upset. I so. was upset. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm, we're on air, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got a big show for you tonight. Uh, this isn't get... our lifestyle show, is it, Rodrigo? No, this no, is just no. This is football. That was the pitch we did before, Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, hey, look, we've got a big show, as I said. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to catch up with uh, Mike McGrath. Uh, we've got Warren's Rand coming, Vinny Venezuela's G. I love this game. But for this hour, mm. we've got the Q&A with mm. uh, Rodrigo Who, Rodriguez. Oh, yes, there and, you go. and we're going to catch up with the CEO of Perth Glory, Peter Philopoulos. Yes. Um, and want to talk to him about a, a subject that he's 
actually written about and spoken about, and that's promotion relegation for the A-League. So that's an interesting one. We'll uh, try and catch up with Peter at about 10.30 tonight, so make sure you stick around for that. Hey, the hot topic tonight, boys, on 0433981116. I'll go to Warren for this one. Warren, what's the hot topic tonight? Oh, well, on the back of... I don't often go to victory games, and I have to put You hate... You actually hate victory. You do. I don't love them, but I wouldn't say I hate them. That's a... Harsh word. word. That's a very strong word. But um, I had occasion to actually go because my daughter was involved in the pre and during game entertainment. She walked out with the players. In so, with holding, yeah, held holding, hand. Holding Point Cook planes? Soccer yeah, Club. Okay, held, yeah, held, yeah, held their yeah, hands yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And um, she got Costa Barbarossa's. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> she drew Costa, no, did she? she wasn't really impressed. <laughs> really? Well, was he dribbling? We sort of half dared. <laughs> we sort of half dared her because we are sort of Melbourne City fans. We half dared her to actually want to get Barisha and actually just have a bit of a dip at him, but she wasn't. But she wasn't disappointed. But do they just get given a player though? Yeah, yeah. There was no. There's no, there's no sort of negotiation. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. get given a player, and we're just sort of thinking, you know, as a father, I yeah. would have preferred. Barisha than to, no disrespect to Costa Barisha. There's ways of doing that, Warren. Anyway, yeah. yeah, but we were saying that you know, in terms of being a parent, yeah. as a parent, who would you? What player in world football would you most like your daughter or son? To walk out with, you know, they, they do it hmm. religiously across the world. Yeah. You know, so so a player that would have most impact yeah, on the your most kid. Impact. Yep. Okay. Like, hmm. I mean. Perhaps Luis Suarez wouldn't be the best player for your child to walk out with. <laughs> or Roy <Possibly>. Donovan. <laughs> or, Roy, or Roy Donovan, perhaps. But um, who would be, you know, just the person that you'd like to see? Like, what if the player's on the bench? What if you could allocate a guy that's well, on the bench? Well, you, you only get the starting <laughs> yeah, 11. Yeah. Yep. The others just go straight to the bench, Vinny. So the uh, hot topic is what player in world football would you most like your child to walk out with at the start of a game? And why? And why? Yeah, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Tell us your name. Make sure you tell us a name because uh, tonight for the we've got three it's double incentive. Pa- we've got three double passes to give away to the Melbourne Victory versus Central Coast Mariners game at Simmons Stadium on Friday night. So pretty good price. So we'll give uh, we'll give a pair away at a time, of course. So uh, we'll we'll give it to the best text message and the best call tonight on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. So make sure. It's not anonymous. We'll only give we'll only give a text prize away if you tell us your name and your suburb. All right, boys. Um, as I said, a big big show. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We want you to talk to the Diego's tonight. And just before we get into the Q and A, gents, um, the A League have handed down some suspensions tonight uh, in the Roy O'Donovan and Manny Musket uh, tete-a-tete a couple of weeks ago. Um, of course, in the match between Central Coast Mariners and uh, Wellington Phoenix. Roy O'Donovan got eight weeks mm. for that headbutt. Which is standard for a headbutt. Mm. That was tonight. And, of course, Manny's was last, I think, yesterday. Did he get yeah, two? Yesterday. Two? Got, right, I mean, course. they don't even do them on the same night. That's how that's mm. how serious they take they them. They were worried about getting them together. Manny got two. And I know Manny's got a lot of friends in the western suburbs of Melbourne. He played for, I think he played for Green Gully. And he certainly played for Sunshine Georgies. And so there'd be a lot of... Very, very unhappy family members of the Musket family. I didn't think there was a lot to... Uh, Are you not, kidding me? I'm not going to condone what that's he as, did. That's, I, as, that's as big a Liverpool kiss No, no, I didn't think there was a lot in Manny Musket, oh, he was to doing, be honest with you. He was, doing he was niggling him the he whole was game. He doing stuff behind play. For him to get two weeks, he would have deserved it. Because they would have looked at the footage uh, pretty clearly. So Yeah, there you go. Um, 
I think uh, the Central Coast Mariners weren't happy with that, the extent of that uh, suspension. Oh, they've got to uh, be joking, really. He's uh, they're, lucky they're, he didn't get more, to be they're honest. They're just with coming him. out just to protect, just to support a player who deserves to get eight weeks. Everyone knows he needs to. I mean, that was as violent an act as you've seen. As Ernie Merrick said, I don't often agree with everything that Ernie says, but Ernie said that if that happened in the street, you'd be in jail right now. Mm. Yeah, fair call. It was, it's assault. It is. And we hear of those type of things happening, unfortunately, all the time. And I in agree fact, with Duncan that. Duncan Ferguson, um, in Scottish football many, many years ago, he headbutted a player. And uh, I think he got a really lengthy, I mean, a lot, a, a long time, uh, maybe three months or something suspension, uh, many, many years ago. I'm when you headbutt in that league, Carlos, you stay yeah. here. Oh, but he, <laughs> he was one of the few that he got caught on. Most of the time, he, <laughs> he was actually, but he was so open and so blatant. Uh, that would have been back in the 90s, I think, or something like that anyway. But anyway, Duncan Ferguson, a big band. You can Google it. I'm sure it's on the... On uh, Google somewhere. Definitely. Hey, uh, 9429-1116, we'll take your call tonight. Uh, don't forget we've got some uh, double passes to give away uh, to the Melbourne Victory Central Coast Mariners game at Simmons Stadium this Friday. Let's go to Phil in Bayswater. Wants to discuss the hot topic. G'day, Phil. Evening, Jeff. Welcome to the Diegos. Who would you well, want uh, your kid to walk out with and why? For sheer protection of your kid, you've got to go Gennaro. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a young daughter or a young boy? Is it? Uh, it'd be my six-year-old daughter, mate, because I knew that no one would get near them because he'd cap them at the uh, ankles if they got close. What did you like about Gennaro Gattuso? <laughs> he genuine in his tackles, let's just say. He's like the protective uncle, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, and in getting Gattuso, all of Calabria opens up to you because <laughs> I think he was the face of Visit Calabria campaign over there in Italy once. <laughs> So to and from the game, you're protected as well. Absolutely, yeah, that's great. right. That's a good one there, Phil. That's a good one. And just yeah. for opening the batting tonight, uh, Phil, I'm going to give you a double pass uh, to the Melbourne Victory versus Central Coast Mariners game at Simmons Stadium on Friday night. So well done. I think that's a great start. Make sure you just hold on and um, we'll take your details. Thanks there, yeah, Phil. Yeah. Well done. Here you go. Good start. Gennaro Gattuso is a very, very good one. Hey, um, Let's go. Let's talk about the. Let's get into the Q and A, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, no fanfare. No time call. No sting. Really? Because no, no, no. Because <laughs> we've gone way over time. Can I just, just say, just in, just interrupting uh, Rodrigo, <laughs> that uh, I've got an AC Milan top and it's got Gattuso's number on the back, and I wear that with pride. Yeah, you should. And I make lots Actually, of friends. Even as Whaler, come to think of it, just looking at you right now, right now, you are the spitting image of of Gattuso. No, but you're the soft. You're the he's more, dark. You're the, he's got no, dark you got, hair. You got that look. Beard. There's something about you, Vinny. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I haven't seen the dark side. You're drunk again, yeah, Carlos. True. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, gents. Um, let's 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 get one one question, one Q and A <laughs> before we go to a break because we're going to catch up with uh, Peter Philopolis, uh, the Perth Glory CEO, and talk about promotion and relegation. So that won't be one of the Q and As. No. Um, but there was a bit of talk, and let's go with a, an easier one at the start. There was a bit of talk about uh, Geelong. Um, getting an A-League team at some point in the future. There's a couple of couple of well-known um, Geelong identities uh, getting behind a push for Geelong to have a game, obviously, on the back of the victory versus a Mariners game uh, on Friday night. Warren, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think, um, I think the one thing that they've got in their advantage, okay, is they've got a stadium that can actually cater for the game that's all ready to go, and that is actually going to get better by the time. I think any other team in Melbourne is not going to be able to create an identity because they're probably going to go and have to play at the bubble stadium just like the other teams. And as such, it's hard to actually develop an identity. So I actually genuinely think that if we're going to have a team, Geelong's the perfect location because you've got a great facility, you've got a history of football in that area. 
they'd probably just have to make get more games, try to get more games off victory and that to try and just develop a record of having the crowd get to those games. But also, don't underestimate the Geelong and the Western District economy dealing with professional sport. They've already got the Geelong Cats. It's, uh, what, they've been there for 120 years yeah, or something? one of the older Yeah, so therefore, foundation. they are a club that has run professionally in a professional domestic league in Australia, and they do it successfully. They've won grand finals. They've packed out that stadium. So they have got the intellectual mm. property there. They've got the experience for that economy to be able to sustain something like that. Can I just say, I already see, I can see it already. Horizontal stripes, yellow, black, Geelong, Phoenix. Geelong, Phoenix? <laughs> you know, Wellington's going. Well, I think to be sensible, Carlos, and... Bearing in mind Adelaide have gone down this model. They are using the same administration, I think, Adelaide as the Norwood Football Club, even though they're a different identity. I think that would be a very sensible model. If you used not the same administration, but the expertise, Hmm. and you ran your club out of Geelong under the same banner as the Geelong Football Club, I think the whole premise... No, you would just share resources. No, you wouldn't. bad experiences linking it with AFL or VFL clubs. That's what I mean. But what I'd say is that... My sense is the government has ploughed a lot of money into Cadinia Park down there mm. because eventually they're looking at a BBL team when they expand. And you'd actually have to think that if they were looking to expand into the Big Bash, that they'd be looking to expand in the A-League. And it's the perfect opportunity and for them to do with, so. And it's an area with pedigree. I mean, you know, mm. some great players have come out of that region. Mm. And uh, and um, even from the Eddie Krenchevich days, there's some great players that come out of the Geelong region. It's still a, a really, really popular area for football too. A big, num- big numbers of kids are playing. And they're all playing along the, the surf coast too. Uh, Torquay and, and around those areas too. So it's a big, very, very big sport there. And the pedigree's there. So... There Why go. not? There you go. Why not indeed? It uh, will be very interesting over the next couple of years to see. It's all This could also be part of the promotion relegation discussion. But uh, let's take a break now. And as we go to the break, the Melbourne Stars have just defeated the Hobart Hurricanes by eight wickets in the Big Bash League tonight. Um, Glenn Maxwell just hits a, a lazy six to uh, take the Stars to, is that their fourth win in a row? Or is it? Or um, third or fourth win in a row? Third or fourth, I'm, yep. I'm not totally across it, but uh, I love my cricket. But I love my football. Let's take a break now and come up with P- Peter Philopolis right after this on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Bye, When our Czechoslovakian recruit was asked by our club doctor if he could read the bottom line of an eye examination chart, he replied, Read it. I know him. Soccer. It's the world game. This is the Four Diego's. Joining us on the summer edition of the Diego's, which means we're all in shorts and thongs tonight. And uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, as uh, you might have uh, noticed, that we started at ten tonight, so uh, we're in the middle of a uh, really um, breathtaking Q and A with Rodrigo Rodriguez. <laughs> um, but we're going to catch up with uh, Peter Philopolis Peter Philopolis very very shortly. He's not um, coming on now. Hey. You mispronounced his name, well, so he's not coming on. It's probably it's we've been good, what, 23 years. Oh, we've stop it. Stop it. Is that the first time? There's Mr. Fornaroli yeah. beside me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rodrigo's yeah. tripped over his word for the it's first time. It's not in time my job description years, to get believe. names right. Let, yeah. Let's move on, gents. No one wants to listen to that. Hey, Marie, hi, and happy new year to you. Thanks for your. Thanks for your text messages and also thanks for listening to the Diego's and or to all of our listeners. Happy new year to you all and. You know, as you said, Carlos, what did you say? May all your prongs be potent. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. But safe. Yep. Of course. You, know, you, you don't want that. Roy 
O'Donovan type prongs, do you? No, you don't. You They're don't. Potent, but, um, but not safe. The hot topic tonight, uh, Warren, is in light of um, yep your yeah, Lily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Lily. I shouldn't. Is that that's her real name too? I shouldn't have done that. Lily Diego. Lily Diego. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> who in world football would you like your child to walk out with? Yeah, to, there you on go. the ground. What player? In yep. world football, yeah, Gennaro Gattuso was a very, very good opening. Entry, it was. Um, have we had many I, others? I'd have. Um, I'd ask for Van Basten to come out of retirement, and I would just mm. force my child to walk out with him, whether she liked it or not. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend. Mm. Yeah. No, I've had a few issues with Lily eating a few too many sweets. You know, so I, Louis Suarez, in terms of dental hygiene, <laughs> yep. would probably be the thing that I'd like him to. Give her some advice on dental hygiene. Yeah, consistent protein. with Phil, our caller that rang in about Katusa. I would have, I would have Eric Cantona. <laughs> oh, he'd be safe. Oh, safe yeah, as hell. No, and you'd they'd literally learn French really quickly yeah. too. Yeah, Roy Keane. Yeah, Roy. You'd literally be yeah. pretty scared yeah, though. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, but he, right, you could feel protected. And you, yeah, you'd feel safe around yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Absolutely. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is the hot topic number. As I said uh, earlier, in the next hour, we're going to catch up with uh, Warren's rant. He's got a big one brewing. Not sure which one it'll be yet. And Vinny Venezuela's G. I love this game. He's at Twitter Central as well. Yes, uh, at fordiegos.com, of course. Uh, Peter at, at MV. Fordiegos.com? At, at Fordiegos, <laughs> sorry. Fordiegos.com is our website. Yeah, is our which website, has yeah. a, a plethora of things for yeah. you to enjoy. Mm, so, mm, you know, if, if, you, if you haven't been there for a while, just mm. drop in, say hello. But uh, no, at uh, Fordiegos on the Twitter, we have. Um, Peter, at Peter MVFC, said, uh, what happens if you have twins? And then he said, I'd like for Mia to walk out with Del Pierre and Alana to walk out with Finkler. Okay. Fair enough. There you yeah. go. The foreigners. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not Archie. Uh, okay, as I You'll said pay earlier. pay for that, Peter. <laughs> Don't pay forget, for that. at Four Diego's, that's where you can catch the Diego's on Twitter. But as I said earlier, we're uh, going across to Perth, and we're going to catch up with a man that uh, the Diego's know quite well, the Perth Glory CEO, Peter Philopoulos. G'day, Peter. Welcome to the show. Good evening, gents. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, happy New Year to you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, so Rodrigo here. You've got Vinny Venezuela as well as Warren and Carlos Alberto Diego. Hey, we're going to talk about uh, your team and, and uh, how well they're doing and how they've kind of, they're turning around their season, um, showing some really good signs a bit later on. But uh, the reason we've got you on tonight is um, you're a bit of an advocate, uh, well, in the discussion around promotion relegation uh, for the A-League. We're really interested in your thoughts because they're quite insightful and we, we just want to go with someone with a bit of, you know, a bit of a stick in the A-League, someone who, you know, has got the ear of uh, the board. But uh, what, what, well, firstly, what are your thoughts on promotion and relegation? Well, I wouldn't say I'm a, uh, a proponent of promotion and relegation just yet. My, my view is, uh, my personal view is that I think it's time we looked at a national second division uh, on the basis that I think that the gap between the current NPL system and the A-League is, is, is quite big. Um, and, if, and I haven't seen the statistics, but you don't see too many uh, players uh, coming out of the NPL into the A-League, which to me is a concern if that's the next tier of uh, our best talent in this country. So, you know, uh, whether it's an aspiration, uh, the, my idea is an aspirational one, that I think it's time we started to consider a model for a second, national, second division, national second division. Uh, the basis of my thoughts are at the moment, I think I, I worked out there's, a, there's about uh, 150, 160, 170 NPL teams throughout Australia. And if they've got a squad of 20, that's a lot of players that, you know, that we're spreading across too many clubs. If we had only 10 or 12 uh, second division NPL clubs, then the best next tier of players uh, outside of the A-League would more or less gravitate to, to, to that tier. 
and uh, eventually you'd have a, a better quality uh, uh, competition, um, which then could uh, you know, enhance the opportunities for NPL players to, to make the A-League. And conversely, you're also creating the next uh, level of uh, you know, brands, national brands, that one day could be uh, potential A-League uh, participants. So, you know, two fronts. One is the National Second Division is is creating a proper pathway for um, uh, footballers to, to go into the A-League via a second division, a bit like our national draft, if you look if you, if you looked at uh, an AFL uh, sort of term. Um, and two is you're developing the next tier of brands, national brands uh, around the country and giving some of those clubs a purpose. So that's really just a loose personal opinion, um, you know, uh, and it's up for debate, really. You know, when I put these ideas forward, it's up for debate because I, I, I don't profess to have all the answers, but I think it would definitely help the opportunity to, 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 to get more players out of NPL into the A-League. Peter, Vinny Venezuela here. In terms of your, your vision, how long do you think it, it would take? So would you see this in the next five years or would you like to see it within 10 years? What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the, 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 the National Second Division without promotion and relegation in the first instance, uh, you know, shouldn't be too far away, uh, within five years personally. That's what I think. Um, and uh, the, the promotion relegation thing is, well, I, I think that's well down the track after that. But a, a national second division, I think, should be something we should debate uh, and discuss and dialogue um, to see whether it is uh, it is viable. I, I understand there's some financial constraints and, there's a, you know, the financial model needs to be built. But, uh, you know, it's time we, we spoke about it. And the, the timing of that is, is something to also be discussed. Peter, it's Carlos. There have been a lot of big names, you know, uh, quite high-profile people in the game who have gone a step further and started advocating promotion and relegation. It's really got a lot of people yeah. in the social media talking about this. Um, you're saying we're nowhere near doing anything like that. Is that on economic grounds or geographic grounds? Because I think one of the biggest issues yeah. here is not the economy so much, but, but you know... If it's done in the in the traditional way, we may end up not having a team from Adelaide, for example, in the in the top league of the A League, or you know, heaven forbid, you might not even have a team from Melbourne. You know, if if promotion relegation works like it does overseas. Yeah, look, that's one that's one reason, uh, definitely. And I think the biggest reason is that if you know, at the moment, we need to underpin the financial um, uh, the financial stability of of the A League clubs. Themselves, so the financial model will need to improve that. You know, obviously, it's no secret the FFA are working on on improving the broadcast deal, which will bring more revenue into the game. Uh, I think we need to look at commercialising the A League a bit better um, to to make it self sustainable. And uh, until we we make it self sustainable, I, I don't think you know uh, you could entertain promotion relegation in the immediate future uh, because then all you're doing is uh, is you're creating another cycle um, with clubs coming in. Um, there's some of these NPL clubs that I can see quite not ready for, for that step at this stage. Peter, I'm interested in creating pathways for the younger players. Now, I'm interested yeah. to know of the youth players that are at Perth, you obviously can't retain all of them at the end of their youth season, but you actually probably want to keep an eye on them, get a sense of how they're developing in terms of bringing them back into the Perth Glory system down yeah. the track. How do you go about creating that pathway for your youth players, the ones that don't automatically get promoted to the senior list in the following season? 
Well, we've had an opportunity this year to elevate a number of these young kids uh, into our, our first-team squad. And, we, of course, we've brought 17-year-old Jamal Rainers back from the AIS. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's in the starting lineup. has been in the last two games in the starting lineup. So we're trying to create opportunities. And we've just lost three juniors to the AIS Centre of Excellence who have been selected in the, uh, in the best 24 of Australian young players uh, that uh, Tony Vidmar selected for the next Youth World Cup. Of the 24 that he selected, three are from Perth Glory, which is pretty exciting for us. Um, and definitely those three players are uh, types of players we want to get back after a couple of years at the RIS, uh to, to be, uh, you know, part of the, the Perth Glory uh, squad. Um, you know, we, WA produces good talent. So with our academy now, we've got, we've got a Perth Glory academy with under-12s right through, uh, participating in the National Premier League. So uh, we've got under-12s right through to under-20s and then a senior team in the NPL. And the reason why we're investing in that, uh, um, in, in that is because of the pathway. We want to be able to produce talent. Uh, admittedly, uh, we haven't been good at retaining the talent in Perth. If you look at the A-League, there's a lot of Perth players playing at Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City and Sydney FC. And overseas uh, and there, Peter, too. There's overseas, some, there's overseas, a, yeah. oh, Peter, there's some really great players overseas, too, that are coming through. Yeah. You suddenly discover that they're knocking on the door of EPL clubs and you never heard of them before and they're all from Perth. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and I've witnessed that myself, you know, in the, with my eight-year-old, uh, you know, coming out of Melbourne and now in Perth and, and playing in the, in the grassroots here in Perth. Uh, the, the, the talent you see out there in, in, amongst the kids, it's incredible. And, uh, um, you know, and the coaching is quite good, you know, and, and uh, with, with a large expat UK community, there's an abundance of good coaches out there who know a bit of football uh, rather than, uh, you know, the mum and dad novices uh, types that I've, I've experienced in the past. Now, Peter, I, I'm interested to know whether you actually see the A-League clubs funding a team at the next tier. In the rugby league system, they have an under-20s, but in New South Wales and Queensland, they have, an, they have a New South Wales Cup team that is fed by players that aren't currently playing in senior teams. Would you see the A-League clubs having some involvement in the teams that might play in this second-tier competition, or would you see it being completely independent of the A-League and would come from established clubs within each of the states in terms of getting to that competition? Oh, look, possibly. I mean, that, we've done something simple, similar here. We've got an NPL team playing in the National Premier League here in Perth. And, you know, the, the reason why we do that is to foster some of the players through that system just to, to, to uh, monitor their progress and, uh, and manage the, the talent. Um, you know, possibly, geographically, there could be some challenges there because, you know, um, you know, second division nationally, you know, you'd have to have a, a, a pretty good geographic spread. And, you know, that's assuming Perth has an NPL team in, in the second division, um, you know, which you'd have a linkage. But if we did, I would imagine it would be a linkage. Now, Peter, uh, would free-to-wear, a good free-to-wear deal fix everything? I mean, uh, we're, we're obviously under-resourced. Uh, we're up there uh, competing against the big boys in AFL and cricket. And when I say competing, we're competing for resources all the time. We're not competing for the better sport or whatever it is. It's really the resources out there, the amount of sponsorship dollars, the amount of corporate investment. Uh, would free-to-wear, our next free-to-wear deal fix all the issues that we have by way of yeah. trying to do this, you know, get the second division up and running, yeah. you know, uh, having clubs that are liquid and yeah. can go and get a marquee player if they wanted to? Look, uh, I don't think in isolation it fixes all the problems, but it goes a long way to fix a lot of problems. 
Um, the fact is that Fox Sports has been terrific in presenting the uh, the A League the way it's presented in the last uh, you know eleven. This is the eleventh season. Uh, it's been terrific. Uh, the, you know, Fox Sports has made all the, all the difference in the world. But the fact is, only thirty percent of the households have got Fox Fox Sports or Foxtel. Um, a free-to-air channel opens up the, the sport to a, a, a wider audience. And we see what um, uh, Channel 10 has managed to do for Big Bash. Uh, they've played a key role in presenting and marketing that sport. You know, and uh, I don't need to tell you there was, was over 80,000 mm. people at the MCG on, on, on the weekend uh, to watch uh, the, uh, the Melbourne Renegades take on the, the, the Melbourne Stars, and which astounded me, to be honest. Uh, but Channel 10's played a key role uh, in that, um, and it's available to all Australians, as opposed to only 30% of Australians who have got Foxtel to watch the A-League. So it, it will be... Um, uh, a vehicle, uh, free-to-air is a vehicle to better promote our sport uh, to a wider audience and also um, to better our uh, commercial revenue from the broadcast deal, which will flow down. Also, Peter, you were obviously at South Melbourne all those years ago as a general manager, one of the few, probably one of the first full-time employees making millions there at South Melbourne as a general manager all those years ago. Uh, you remember when Channel 7 actually took a hold of the, of the product, the NSL product, and then they squirreled it away somewhere. <laughs> and uh, the, the campaign, no one screws football or soccer like Seven does. Uh, you also, not, it's not only a good free-to-air deal you want, but you also want a, a channel or a network that cares, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, that's, what, that's the example I gave you with Channel 10. They've actually invested heavily in promoting that sport. And, you know, they've got a vested interest to, to, to present that sport in, in the manner they have. And they've done a fantastic job similar to fox sports they've done a, a terrific job in 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 presenting the a league as well um you know but you need a an engaged highly engaged uh, broadcast partner who are going to help you achieve achieve your goals peter on, on in terms of the promotion relegation discussion we're having given that the a league was sort of uh formed on the basis that it wanted to sort of break away from from the the sort of ethnic ethnically based clubs that that existed and still exist in some places will that be an issue or is that something that uh, we've moved on from as a uh, football loving community oh look there's, there's no doubt there's uh, there's there's an element of of uh, you know the uh, the older clubs from the old NSL days that have actually, actually haven't engaged and I think the FFA Cup uh, has made tremendous inroads to try and uh, re-engage some of those people um, and some of those members who, who haven't moved on. And, and I know several people just won't, won't go to, to A-League games or, or what have you and, uh, um, you know, because they're closely connected to Melbourne Knights or Sydney United or, or South Melbourne and they, and they feel hard done by. The FFA Cup's been a, a, an enormous step towards re-engaging them and, um, you know, they've got a place to play and a, and a role to play and we've got to continue to re-engaging them. And possibly some of those clubs, going back to that discussion on second division, could form part of that second division and they get, you know, an opportunity to re-engage those fans uh, even more. Now, Peter, in a former life, you actually uh, spent a bit of time working at the Hawthorne Football Club in the AFL, very successful uh, AFL club, obviously going for four in a row this year. Uh, you know what it means to work in an organisation that's really successful at top level of sport here in Australia. Is there anything that you've implemented from your time at Hawthorne immediately, the minute you walked into Perth, that you implemented from that club? 
Yeah, the first thing I'm looking at, similar to Hawthorne, so the, land, the landscape at Hawthorne wasn't created a year ago or two. It was created many years ago, uh, probably started from the post-merger era uh, back in the mid-90s. Um, you know, and they've always had, since those times, they've had a, lot, a, a strong strategic sense and a strong strategic vision. And um, the, the same when I was at South Melbourne, it wasn't until we became strategic and had vision and, and, and set a strategy and a pathway of how to get there that we, we, we developed success under, under Ange. You know, and similar to where my AFL club experiences at other clubs and at the stadium, the first thing I've done here is, is at the moment we're mapping out our next four-year strategies as to where do we see ourselves in four years um, and what's, what's our vision and what are the strategic pillars that are going to get us there. And we're working through that at the moment as a club. And it's actually quite a good process because it actually challenges people. Um, it, it gets you thinking. Uh, you develop aspirational elements to your strategy um, across the board from football, on-field and off-field. Um, and, and then you create plans along the way, you know, striving for those for that vision and you know it, it actually galvanizes the club and that's Hawthorne is a, a united club who have a strong sense of where they're heading and where they want to head. Now Peter on to on-field matters as they exist at the moment the last time we had you on you you were prepared to come on after the thrashing that Melbourne City gave you and and obviously it was a it was a difficult time for the club but you'd have to say since that moment Kenny Lowe and the boys in particular have played really good football in terms of their performances and I actually watched the the game against Melbourne Victory which you could have won in in different circumstances and even though they lost last week the performance of the team in terms of the consistency has has really come good in in the in the last few weeks no, look, definitely. I mean, look, since that Melbourne City game, let's not forget Melbourne City gave uh, some other clubs uh, a drubbing in the subsequent weeks after that. So, um, but uh, the last five weeks have been good. Like I said to you last time, you know, uh, I arrived in August and we spent a lot of time in the off season consolidating the position of the club uh, from what they uh, experienced last year. A bit of a setback. So we've been consolidating and cleaning our decks. Um, and re, re-landscaping, and we've done a lot of that, and now we, uh, we're in a position where, you know, obviously our squad's a bit lighter than what we'd have liked to, uh, because as we were trying to consolidate our position, it's a bit lighter. We have suffered, suffered some injuries, and, you know, Kenny Lowe and, and Andy Ord and, and, the, and the team, they've done extraordinarily well under, under those conditions, and the last five games, we've won two, drawn two, and lost one, and I think the only game where we've been outplayed uh, was that Melbourne City game at Amy Park. And even then, it would have been a different story had we put our opportunities away early. And so, you know, we, we've been pretty competitive. Um, the last five weeks, we've, we've, we've got the results. Um, we're now in the, in the January transfer window. We're trying to do a few things. And, and we've also got a lens on 2016 and 17 as part of the strategy about what are the types of players we want to recruit. And, and, and we're making inroads uh, with that as well. We're, we're in an exciting position because we've cleaned our decks and we know exactly where we're at. Uh, we know exactly what we're striving for, um, and, and it's quite an exciting place to be. It looks and feels like something's happening at Perth Glory. So, um, uh, hey, in, before we let you go, and, and thanking you for your time, um, got a few text messages here tonight, and we're interested as well. What's the latest on Andy Keogh? Well, Andy Keogh signed a, a contract with us for uh, two and a half years, which is fantastic to get him back. And uh, at the moment, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at ways. Uh, we've got five Visa players on the books. Um, and we're looking at ways to, you know, allow five. So we're, we're looking at ways to see how we can probably... Move on one. Citizenship. 
not going to happen, but stay tuned on that. There will right. be some uh, movement on that in the next 24 hours as to what, what opportunities exist uh, moving forward. All right, we'll uh, look forward to that because he's a he's a fair player, just quietly. But hey, um, Peter, really appreciate your thoughts on on the range of topics, but certainly around promotion and relegation. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk to you again no. sometime soon. No worries, and I'll just leave you on that. No, look, my, my thoughts are just opinions that yeah. are you know up for debate. They're not uh, controversial or what have you, but. You know, I just oh, they are, Peter. Like, they are very yeah. controversial, and oh. you've got to get the Twitter sphere <laughs> absolutely cra- having a crack at you. you know, we all know you're a nice guy, but you've put yourself in a target right now. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, look, right. the, the, the thing is that you know we're only going to get better as a sport if we if we exchange dialogue, and exactly. ideas and thoughts and opinions. So, well, you can always yeah. exchange dialogue with the Diego's, Peter, and thanks for your time, as always. No worries. Thanks, guys. There's the CEO of Perth Glory, Peter Philopoulos. We need to take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When Tony DeCiccio was asked why he resigned as USA Women's World Champion football coach, he said, It's more important for me to be a world-class husband than a world-class coach. Tony is now scrubbing the toilet and cleaning out the guttering. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. It's always time flies when you're having fun on the Four Diego's. Uh, that promotion <laughs> relegation um, discussion is always a hot topic with uh, the football community, and it's always good to have a uh, CEO of, uh, of in the A League. Um, Obviously, you know, giving us his thoughts, and uh, Peter Peter Philopoulos is one of them. It's actually when you said tend over Luffy before. Now I've got the the going. No, no, that's all your fault. Hey boys, there's some uh, stuff happening at the Hopman Cup. Let's go to Tennis Central with Brett Phillips. Good day, Brett. Uh, guys, uh, big win here for Bernard Tomic just a moment ago at the Brisbane uh, International, where I am. We'll get to the Hopman Cup in uh, just a tick. I'll get the Learjet five hours across to uh, Perth. Sorry. Two hours and 38 minutes. It uh, was a bit excruciating this match in the end. Uh, Bernie's got home 7-6-4-6-7-6. We'll play his chat uh, just out of the 11 o'clock news against the wily old Czech in uh, Ruddock Stepanak, who sweats more than any man on the tour. No worm dance for uh, Ruddock uh, tonight, but he played a great match, a man that's uh, been injured uh, for a fair bit of the last 12 months. It's a good win for Tomic. He'll play Kane Shikori now in the uh, quarterfinals here in Brisbane. And over at the Hopman Cup, as I uh, jump on first class and get across <laughs> there, uh, Heather Watson, five games to four against Daria Gavrilova. That is Great Britain up against Australia. Green, of course, Nick Kyrgios defeated Andy Murray a little bit earlier tonight. Thank you very much there, Brett. That's how you straighten up a fairly awkward throw. There you go. Um, He's making his way to Roland Garris right now. <laughs> <He is. laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, that's uh, Brett Phillips at Tennis Central with thanks to AFT Hire for all your temporary fencing, portable toilet and crowd barrier hire. Call 1300 946 660 or log on to afthire.com.au. There you go. Let's get back on to the football, gents. Um, now, Rodrigo, we're getting a few text messages. People just switching on now, thinking that we're going to be we're all going to be on from eleven to twelve. We've already had Peter Philopoulos. Everyone's saying, "How I've missed it." <laughs> Can I hear it somewhere? Well, tomorrow, just uh, check out the tweets, uh, Forty Diego's tweets. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can get on our website too. There'll be a podcast on there too. There you go. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll take your calls in the next hour, of course, on any topic, but uh, certainly promotion relegation. Or the hot topic, Warren, was... Um, Who would you most like your kid to walk out with 
yep. in world football. Yeah, Dean in Crib Points basically said, my child with Luis Suarez... Only if he wears a muzzle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got, you know, Barisha, uh, Fornaroli, Keo, mm. um, and then someone said, Diego's, I'm excited. Barisha, uh, Fornaroli, and Keo in the same league up against Del Pierre, Alrich, and uh, Bogart. Bring it on. Mm. Um, interesting. You so. know, the standard of football in the league this year has been really good. Mm. It's been really good to watch. I, there's not hardly any game. I try and watch every game on the weekend. And uh, whether it's recorded or, or live, and I rarely am disappointed about the standard of play. Even the Central Coast Mariners Wellington Phoenix game, New Year's Eve, I was watching a bit of that before that I went out. Good, that's a it good concept. 10,000, it was and, a good. And those kids at Central Coast, I know they've lost a lot. Everyone's moving on. They're checking mobile phones, the whole thing. But the kids in that team at the moment, there's some really impressive kids at Central Coast. Absolutely. Hey, boys, um, because of the extended interview with, we did with uh, Peter Philopoulos, we're going to have to take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Our team, we're totally committed to defence. I'm not sure our defence is totally committed to defence, but the rest of our team is. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diegos. Certainly was an action-packed first hour here on the Four Diegos. Um, we've uh, spoken to Peter Philopoulos, uh, the CEO of Perth Glory, and his thoughts on promotion and relegation. If you want to have a listen to that interview, make sure you follow the Diegos at Four Diegos on Twitter. Uh, it'll also be on SoundCloud. Carlos, what's the address for that one? Uh, it's uh, just get on SoundCloud and uh, and just type in Four Diegos and you'll find it there. iTunes also. And if you want to make sure, you just get on our website, fourdiegos.com. Uh, under the latest shows. Absolutely. And uh, Vinny's at Twitter Central. Hopefully in the next hour we'll go to Vinny. Uh, we're going to definitely go to Vinny for G. I Love This Game. We've got Warren's rant coming up. Mike McGrath as well in the next hour. It's all happening on the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On a Wednesday night in for the second hour now. Thanks to Brett Phillips on another Great uh, update from Tennis Central with thanks to AFT Hire. Hey, boys, uh, you, well, Vinny Venezuela is in the house tonight. Uh, if you're just joining us, of course, to our regular listeners who have just tuned in, you missed a fantastic first hour But uh, <laughs> Vinny Venezuela. Yes, good evening and yes. happy new year yet again. Yeah, <laughs> we just pressed record. What about you, Warren? How are you, how are you going? Yeah, no, I'm okay. Thanks, Rodrigo. Good, good. And, and Carlos, you've been here as well for an hour or so. Yeah, how are you, Rodrigo? Yeah, uh, good. You should have said, for those people who are just joining us from South America, because <laughs> <laughs> you've missed the first hour, you know how they sometimes they cross and they have different you know, yes. networks coming at different times? Yeah. yeah. We'd yeah. like to join our yeah. regular listeners now <laughs> right. on the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us. And uh, hey, uh, we had a big hour. We, we spoke to Peter Philopoulos, uh, the CEO of Perth Glory, of course, uh, and uh, we talked to him about promotion and relegation. Really interesting conversation, wasn't it? Uh, we, we took it... Uh, not only to that, but also his ideas about a second division. He's actually not for no. uh, promotion relegation at this time. He feels that that's something for down the track, but he's more of a uh, bloke that wants to take little baby steps first. And the first one is to have that, a solid, uh, well-funded second division uh, that does, with no promotion relegation in time uh, to go to the uh, you know the, the big move uh, where you can easily get teams going from a first division A league to a second division A league and not have issues about underfunded clubs and clubs who won't be able to sustain that sort of uh, you know investment uh, at a higher level. Surely that, ha- that can only start happening when uh, the A league is, is nice and rock solid, Carlos. Yeah, it can only be rock solid. We had some really good discussion about this with Tony Shebeki today uh, in the afternoon. And I, it all points to money. 
and the free-to-wear TV deal, the next one, uh, is really, really important. Uh, I, I'm a bit concerned that the reason why there might be a little bit of argy-bargy at the moment, maybe behind closed doors, is that maybe it's not as attractive because the, the crowds aren't up, the TV numbers aren't up right now, the Big Bash is just accelerating with uh, with their TV attendances, uh, TV viewership. Uh, so maybe some, some of the free-to-air TV stations saying, well, we want the football, but we're not going to pay the sort of money you want. Uh, so instead of getting the $80 million that they want, uh, you know, a year, I think they're getting 40 right now, they, instead of getting the $80 million, they might have to, you know, to get it on free-to-air, accept 60 or accept 50 uh, I'm, You know, that's the thing. But you, sometimes you might have to, you know, sacrifice that little bit to get it on there. And if you've got real faith in your game... Uh, and, and the way the Big Bash has accelerated on free-to-air, you'd kind of hope that you know uh, Australian football would do the same thing. You can either look at the Big Bash as an opportunity or a threat. I mean, there are a number of other free-to-air networks that don't have the Big Bash. Now, Channel 10 aren't likely to give it up. I think a little bit of an issue for the A-League in terms of negotiating rights is the, res- the resurgence of the NBL that are in a position that are looking for an, a free-to-air deal as well but on the they, back of popularity. They already, they They've already... got one game a weekend. Oh, is it? Only now, one but on the Sunday they... afternoon. My understanding is they pay for that time. They do. Okay. Yep. So is that something that football can afford to do? Well, it's a different model. Um, the NBL now is a completely privately owned organisation. It's one guy that's come in and bought the NBL it's off like a Basketball commission. Australia. It's like a commission, is it? No, it's one guy, no. yeah. instead of owning a club, okay. owns the whole a lot. competition. Yep. And he is now going about promoting that competition. The clubs are still either association-based or privately owned-based. But the competition, in terms of the marketing of the NBL, is one guy. So it's a it's a slightly different model. There's certainly uh, interesting stuff, and I thought Peter was good because it, it, I mean there still is a bit of work to do before we get to promotion and relegation. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of work. That, that's to what do. I'm yeah. saying. So um, I thought he put forward uh, you know an interesting um, an interesting proposition. But uh, got a big show, a big hour. Mike McGrath a little bit later on. We have got Warren's rant coming up as well, and Vinnie Venezuela's "Gee, I Love This Game" segment. Yes, um, he's been doing a bit of work on that. Yes, we've Warren. toyed with promotion relegation on the show, haven't we? <laughs> we have, and in fact, we had a per- Perfect, yep. Well, it wasn't a perfect model. We had a model over, mm. you know, many years ago, mm. where you know, if you if you didn't perform, you were out, and somebody just stepped in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking our show's been in a relegation battle for many years yeah, on radio. Right. That's true. And that's true. Uh, we're relegation specialists. We mm. are. Yeah, uh, we never, fact, never gone down. Never no, gone never down. Gone we just down. always saved we're ourselves. We're the equivalent of the Sam Allardyce <laughs> yeah. of Melbourne Radio. Yeah. And you know, we've survived in a serious salary cap environment. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. definitely yeah. just a cap on salary. Yeah, we've done really yeah. badly in the draft, though, <laughs> over the years. That's really right. badly. That's true, yes. 23 um, years and not been relegated once. Yeah, and I'm not tired at all, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> 9429. We can't buy an import, Still, though. Uh, getting some text messages. Uh, people asking about the Peter Philopolis interview. Uh, of course, we won't be replaying it this hour, but uh, if you want to have a listen to it, it'll be on our podcast tomorrow. Check out SoundCloud. Just get in there and search for Diego's iTunes and also on our website, uh, com. You'll be able to have a listen to our podcast tomorrow. And we had a bit of a fun hot topic tonight because uh, oh, yep. most, most times it's really serious. Um, what is the hot topic oh, tonight, The player Warren? most in the world that you'd like your daughter or son to walk out with pre-game. You know how they... Because your daughter walked yeah, out yeah, with yeah, uh, no, Costa Barbarossa. And she, she wasn't happy about that, was she? 
Well, no, she could look him in the eye, which is a bit of a <laughs> She could look him in the eye. Yeah. And she's only 11. Yeah. Yes. But um, no, she probably, no disrespect to Costa, she no. probably wanted a slightly higher profile, bigger name. He's, <laughs> he's Mate, a I big name. He's he's a, Costa's huge. He's a New Zealand international. I'm only giving it to you from her perspective. Right. Okay. If, which you've she been... had a few in yep. her oh, head. Yep. She had a few. Was yep. Archie on the list? <laughs> Surely. Archie, yeah, but yep. the funny thing is, we see Archie in and around where we live, so oh, yeah. Shopping there's no and stuff. mystique about oh, Archie. Yeah, okay. If she was given Lee Broxham, would you have been scared? Well, possibly. You... I don't think she would have known who he was, but that's no disrespect uh, like, to would, Lee Would you have her walk into a supermarket with Archie, given that he is, <laughs> is local? Like, you know, she couldn't get him on no, at the game. Lily would go up to Archie and say hello, yeah. whereas I'd be saying, no, leave the, leave the boy alone, because... We were actually, Mark Milligan lived in the area yep. that we lived in in the time that he was playing for Melbourne Victory. So it's sort of a bit of a, a, um, a, a bit of a, you know, a place where both rugby league players and, and interestingly, um, soccer players. How about live. City? Who would you go for at City? Because oh, you're a City family. I think Aaron Moy yeah. would be the one that yeah, really. everyone wants yeah. to go. You'd push her aside and walk out with him yourself. No, <laughs> no, no, actually, I'm a bit, um, I, I would probably walk out with. Um, Bruno well, Fornaroli. Right, interesting. Well, ever since uh, Warren's had the restraining order from Stevie <laughs> Gerrard, <laughs> he doesn't uh, even yes. go there anymore. Who's yes. taking a huge risk by being in Sydney. Being in yeah. the country. Yes, so looking <laughs> forward to Warren's rant uh, very, very soon. But uh, the hot topic is, who would you want your child, boy or girl, to walk out with and why in world football? Nine zero four double three ninety eight. 11.16. Hey, got a couple of questions here in the uh, Q&A, boys. <laughs> Jeez, we've been trying to get around to this Gee, for the last hour super and a bit. segment. But anyway, <laughs> look, it was interesting. I mean, the Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide game uh, during the week, which was a good game, um, a couple of mistakes by Ben Williams, oh, yeah. you know, the, mm. the ref. And uh, after the game, he came out and explained his decisions and actually said he made a couple of mistakes. I know, big mistakes. H- how do you view that? And, and should referees um, explain their decisions at the end of the game? Well, look, uh, I think it's very noble of him to do that normally uh, and brave because uh, you're, you're up for it. You're always in the spotlight these days. So I think that the best thing to do in terms of nipping it in the bud perhaps is to come clean straight away but I you've also got people above you that you that might want to to manage the manage the situation a little bit so you'd want to get a little bit of feedback but 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 how far do you go Vinny I mean referees make mistakes all all the time time. I know and so does every little mistake have to be explained at the end I really I gotta say it was gutsy of Ben Williams to come out and do what he did but I felt sorry for him in the end because what it almost confirmed was in people's minds that he might be incompetent at times. And that's not good for a professional referee who is actually FIFA ranked. I mean, he goes to but World Cup. human, Carlos. It's he's true. He's trying it's to true. change. He's, but he's, I he's felt trying to change. But I guess, I no, no, I understand him. what you're saying, yeah. but I guess the only way you change people's mindsets and the way they view you is, is for them to, to understand that you don't have a vendetta against a team and you're not making bad calls, but you might be making errors. And, and like Arnie says, you know, We've got the technology at our feet, at, at our fingertips to, to, to help referees. We should be going down that pathway, not necessarily demanding more of refs. I think it's a great thing that referees come out and explain mistakes. But I think 
in a in a situation like that, they're the only ones that ever asked to be accountable for the I mistakes. Know, it's not, yeah, yeah. you know, Graham Arnold's yeah. never bought in in front of a panel and said, oh, look, Graham, that substitution was really, really poor. It cost your team the game. Or a player is never actually, mm. gee, that back pass was yeah. absolutely atrocious. And you know? Maroney, Michael Maroney said, because he was obviously at the end of one, of, uh, on the receiving end of one of those uh, penalty shouts that he didn't get, he was asked, if a player was asked after the game to explain his error, would you be open to that? And he goes, no. <laughs> so, so, so the thing is, look, it's good for the referees to a point, because especially with Ben Williams, because there's a perception around Ben that he might, and this has been fueled by John Aloisi, by the way, and uh, on the Fox Sports panel when he basically, I think it was during the Asian Cup, where he turned around and he said that, you know, when Ben Williams gets in his mind that, he's, that he doesn't like you, that he's a ven- he, he almost exercises a vendetta against you every time he plays. I mean, that's what he said on TV. Yeah. And if people have got that in his mind, it's good that he came out and he acted like a human being and said, look, I've got these two things wrong. But I would get worried that some of his, maybe some of his authority uh, gets diminished every time if he's got to come out all the time and do that. Just quickly, is there a correlation between full-time referees and good refereeing? <laughs> no. No. No, you can see that this year. Yeah. Uh, even with Shrebray Doloski in the uh, in the game with Melbourne City. Yep. What was it? Melbourne City and It was a Sydney. day after the Ben Williams game. Yeah, yep. And uh, was it Melling that went diving in for a tackle yes. in, the, in the box? It yep. was exactly the same as the one that involved Bridge the night before that Ben Williams said he got wrong. That and he was waved ex- it away. And, and Shrebray would have been, what, five metres away? He was probably the closest person to that incident. He was. And he said no penalty. No penalty. And instantaneously, yeah, no penalty. Yeah, he was right there. So something's going wrong when they're that close and there's no, there's nothing else in his way. That's blo- you know, there's no other obstacle for him to be able to work out. Don't rush me, Rodrigo. <laughs> I didn't, sorry, I just blew my whistle. There, there's got to be something wrong with the technique or our interpretation. If uh, if they're not picking those things up, there you go. The Q and A just uh, got off on a finally. We had a really <laughs> top a good topic uh, out, but we're going to get another topic out because it's time for Warren's rant. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a one of the great things that's happened in in Australian football over the last few years has been the re-emergence of international high-class teams coming to Australia to play sometimes in friendlies against each other and sometimes against Australia. Now, tomorrow night, we have probably (laughs) the king of toy games in terms of the Liverpool legends playing against Socceroo legends. No, the legend ruse, they call it. The legend ruse. Now, I'm going to say this. I actually don't mind the concept if it's just what it is, and that is entertainment, reminiscing, a bit of hit and giggle. But surely, in our game, we have gone far enough to stand alone without the likes of Robbie Farrer, rugby league player who's not even wanted by his club. (laughs) He'll get booed. Not even wanted by his club. And Jared Hayne, who was the master of one sport and sort of the master of another sport. We don't need those guys to sell the game. The likes of Robbie Slater, who himself has won a Premier League title. Zrilich, um, the names of the, Robbie, the other Bozza, guys, Bozza. Bozza, they stand alone as guys that should be respected for the talent as ex-Socceroos players. Not having Farah and Hayne playing, it just belittles the game. Now, I'm not sure whether the concept of 
old guys that are as overweight as me <laughs> running around in Liverpool shirts, except for Stevie G, who's still in pristine condition. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it is a great concept, but if we're going to have it, yep. can the guys that are playing stand alone without Mickey Mouse guys interfering? Agree. There you go. That's Warren on the Four Diego's. I Wish I Was a Brazilian by Eduardo Diego. Here I stand, a lonely figure. Weeds are growing between the cracks in the terracing. The rampaging, merciless highland winds are beating me. It's bloody freezing. The black skies look rather menacing. As the pelting rain soaks me, the sleet blinds me, the hail spanks me, and the snow numbs me. I wonder for a minute, what the hell am I doing here? Snap out of it, Jimmy. You're here to watch your favourite team struggle. Then have a beer. That's right. It's the highlight of the Scottish Second Division calendar. Inverness Caledonian Thistle versus Dumbarton. This is a match that no pale skin haggis-eating Guinness-drinking son of a coal miner would ever shirk. But as I peer out and watch McLeish hack the ball out of the quagmire, if I didn't say I wanted to be somewhere else, I'd be a liar. Now, if I was born in Brazil, I wouldn't complain. The sun would be shining, the soccer artistic. No bloody snow and no bloody rain. I could have a dip at the Copacabana, see the carnival, and then go to the game. I wouldn't be frostbitten, eating fish and chips, drunk and lame. My name would be Julio Oscar or Renato, and not Jimmy McIntosh. And I wouldn't be watching a game that's played on a mud hole, a bog, a slosh. Yep. I wish I was Brazilian. A great tan from head to toe. Oh, you little beauty. Fergus McCann just scored. Go, go, go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go. joining us on this Wednesday night on the Diego's. Uh, Really enjoyed tonight. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, boys? Uh, we've got Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. Vinny Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. Uh, the hot topic tonight, who would you like your kid to walk out with at the start or of a game or at half time in world football with? And why? 9429-1116 or 04-33-98-1116. We'll catch up with Brett Phillips at Tennis Central as well very, very soon. Um, Marie, I'm, I'm wrapped. Rafa finally got the boot. I prefer Mourinho at Real Madrid next season. Vinny will have his say on what's happening at Real Madrid a little bit later on. Um, let's go to Spike in Cranbourne, who's called into the Four Diego's, wants to talk about Melbourne victory. G'day, Spike. Welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Yeah, how you doing? Good on you, Spike. Yeah, good day, Yeah, good. You want to talk about Melbourne victory? Yeah. Go for your life. Um, yeah, my favourite player is Archie Thompson. Who's your favourite player? My, uh, well, uh, I'm indifferent about uh, Melbourne victory, but uh, we should throw that to Vinny Venezuela because you're a victory fan, Vinny. It's got to be Archie. Love Archie. Yeah, Archie's, Archie's a jet. He, he is. He's great. Not quite as much of a jet as what he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, he used to be heaps better. Yeah. Do you play football, Spike? Uh, no, not, I don't play football. Okay, so you follow victory and don't play football. That's uh, no. that, that's a good target market there for us. Yeah, I know. I play AFL. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Do you go to the games? Yeah. Oh, good on you, mate. Yeah. Anyway. Good, on, good on you, Spike. Hey, thanks, thanks for calling us. Thanks. Thanks you for go. having me. Yeah, good on you, no mate. Worries, Spike. Do you think that's the first time he's ever come on, Spike? Yeah. You should have said first time, long time. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, normally, you know, normally our callers, yeah. you know. By the way, Spike was 45 years old. <laughs> He's a jockey. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good. Yeah. 9429 I would like my son to go onto the pitch with uh, Vinnie Jones because I know at least he'll be safe. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a recurring theme tonight, yeah. isn't it? Safe good place. We've had Cantona, we've had Catuso, we've yeah. had on Roy Keane. Roy Keane. Good on you, Dan from Bacchus Marsh. Yeah. Uh, Hey, mate, if you want to call in, um, you've won a uh, double pass, two tickets, to the Melbourne Victory Central Coast Mariners game at Simmons Stadium. Um, well done. So if you want to call uh, um, the guys, 9429 and uh, tell them your uh, mobile number and uh, you've, you've won the prize. Well done. Nice text. Hey, uh, Vinny Venezuela, you, you nearly ready? I'm ready. What? Let's, let's just do it, damn it. Yeah, let's do it. It's time for Vinny Venezuela's, gee, I love this game segment. The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinnie Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. Yes, time to go around the world. And uh, we end up in Europe, Vinnie Venezuela. Let's just go to Spain, let's Rodrigo. Go to Spain. Let's, Straight let's, there. let's not even dilly-dally with the rest of the world. It's all happening in Spain, isn't it? All right, take it away, Vinnie. The man, what I think he 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 lost three of his last out of twenty five games. Rafa the rotator. It's not a bad record. Not a bad record. Gets him into the last sixteen of Champions League. Still not good enough. Sack. See you later. Jeez. Sure, the football was a little bit boring. Sure, the players didn't like him much. <laughs> the writing was on the wall when Real Madrid came here earlier. <laughs> that earlier. He, he looked uncomfortable, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, um, Cristiano didn't look comfortable. No. So, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. pandering to Cristiano. Yeah. I think Cristiano just says, I don't like him. Mm. Move him on. Chris, uh, Gareth Bale, of course, loves him and he's really worried about uh, <laughs> how he's going to fit in. Yeah. So, look, that's, that's probably been the biggest uh, controversy in world football. And, um, you know, obviously the man who takes over is Zinedine Zidane. <sighs> who has been uh, managing the, the Real Madrid B team uh, to s- such success that they had to have him in the A team. <laughs> I don't think he's won in, he hasn't done much with them. He, he's actually never coached seniors in his life. That's right. You know, like seniors in his own right in his life. So where he's really been held, you don't get really made accountable with the B team as much because mm. it's a development type squad. Anything below the seniors at Real Madrid, it's all development. So, so it's the first time he's actually coaching senior players. He's a champion of that club. Mm. A real yeah, champion he's of that a club. Yeah, he's a How long do they give him if if he doesn't win? Look, the players will listen to him in the first couple of weeks. Right? <laughs> Good. Just uh, as well. No, look, I mean, this is the thing. It really does test this idea that legendary players mm. aren't necessarily great coaches. But we had Pep Guardiola, who came through the, the system of Barcelona, and many people are saying in Spain that they're trying to really do a, a Barcelona model at Real Madrid, having one of their own, if you like, coming through. Players respect him, and you hope that because he wants to play attacking football, beautiful football, free-flowing football, there's none of the defensive stodginess mm. of uh, Rafa, that, uh, that he's the man for the job. Look, uh, the other thing too... Clarence Seedorf, he AC Milan loved him, legend, yeah. legend of the club. Mm. Everyone loved him. Mm. Went back to coach the club. D- don't know that he lasted more than two months. Yeah, I'm right? not sure how it's long got, he lasted. It's going to end badly. Too, yeah, it's it, going to end badly for for Z- Zidane. Yeah, and it worries me. And I and so I, it got me thinking: Why did he take the job? There's got to be something else in there because he doesn't need it. He, he doesn't need that that mm. right now in his life. He's got it all. He's got the accolades. And then of course I, when I think of Zidane, I go back to. Um, 
2006 World Cup <laughs> and the headbutt, the yes. Matarazzi head cup, yeah. headbutt, sorry. Mm. And then, and of course, that was inspired by his love for Matarazzi's sister. Mm. Well, Matarazzi's love for Zidane's sister, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Matt, wasn't it the other way around? I thought uh, Zidane wanted... No, I thought Matarazzi said something about <laughs> Zidane's sister, didn't he? No, I think he said something. I thought it was, I thought it was the other way around, Carlos. Okay, sorry. I, I, yeah, I thought Zidane got upset with Matarazzi mentioning his Zidane's sister at some stage. Have you written the poem going the other way? <laughs> I'm going the other way, Carlos. I'm going the other way. Anyway. At least it wasn't a kissing your sister yeah, cup. Yeah. So this is really a poem for... <laughs> For Miss Matarazzi, <laughs> who I think Zidane always loves oh, secretly. Okay, okay, go for it, Vinny. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. We, I crushed your brother's chest with my head, but I was a galactico, and you needed to know that my nipple was not his to tweak, <laughs> that I was not weak. Then I got the red card, and the media made the gigantic fuss, and this all came between us. You never did take my calls, or accept the signed footballs that I sent. But I am French, and for love I can wait. I did not want to tempt fate. But mon chéri, this much is true. I only took the real job pour vous. <laughs> to prove I am the greatest manager in the world and win the love of you, my très magnifique girl. But now another stands between me and you. And that will not do, for I am the zoo. <laughs> oui, I crushed your brother's chest with my head. But it should have been Pep's chest instead. Everybody loves him. His light does not dim. The things though, they will change, mon chéri, to begin. Each Real Madrid player will tattoo your name on their skin. <laughs> then I will write your name on each piece of silverware we win. Our love is no sin. Unless our partners find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brilliant. There you go. Brilliant. That was the... The unknown love of unknown, uh, yeah. Zidane to Matarazzi's sister. Yes, I've always maintained that it was Vinny, about. Uh, does anyone ever say that when you put a French accent <laughs> like that, you sound like Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> oh. Well, no. This, yeah. Thank you, Carlos. Yeah. I was going that for was Pepe. That brilliant, Vinny. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Glad Very you enjoyed nice. it. I, in fact, I've got a tear in my eye. Mm. I shouldn't have cut the onion, but um, <laughs> shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. So, so watch this space. It should be very interesting. I, I don't think it. Look, I hope it all goes well for Zidane. Call there. it now, Vinny. Is, is he's he dead the, man walking. He's <laughs> <laughs> dead man walking, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a honeymoon, yeah. and then it's it's all yeah. over him. Yeah. If, if Rafa can't like Rafa, no one liked Rafa. No one liked him from the start, as, as no. Rodrigo pointed out. And Zidane, he'll he'll need to sort of play a brand of football mm. that is spectacular. How did Rafa? Warren, you could answer this question. Mm. How did Rafa ever get the Real Madrid job? Because since the Champions League win. In 2005. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't won anything. No, but he's gone from Italy And he's at Naples. Yeah. He has come out. He has come out and he? He said, because he was a he, he played for Real Madrid B team. He's, yes, he was. He, he was he's a one Madrid of them, boy. He's yeah. one of them. And mm. I don't know. what they. It, I think it's a question of why they got sick of Ancelotti for winning things for them. And, and then they just needed to pick someone in the interim. I but think... It's games. They play games there. Mm. The current president of Real Madrid has been there for 13 years. Perez, Florentino Perez. They've had 11 coaches in his time. Look, we all scoff at that. But for me, that's the way they do it. And they won't be told. You know, they just dump coaches, but they still win things. So do you reckon a guy like Mourinho could go there? Yeah, there's a chance. There's a lot of talk about him going there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that he'd want to go back there. Uh, it's still a big. It's still one mm. of the top four clubs in the world, you know, as far as size and and exposure. Mm. It's fu- it's funny he left, and everyone hated him, but they're all talking about getting him back. 
So it's going to be very interesting to see what pans out at Real Madrid. Thanks very much, Vinny Venezuela. We'll do Vinny Venezuela's G. I love this game segment next week. Another poem, Vinny, maybe? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It just, whatever happens, just yeah. inspires you, doesn't it? Hey, with the hot topic tonight was uh, who would you want your kid to walk out with uh, in world football at, at the start of the game or at halftime with and why? Let's go to Alex on 94291116. Wants to talk about that hot topic. G'day, Elvin. Alex? Hi, how are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. That's good. I've, I've actually got two people that I want uh, for each of my boys. Um, in their current Arsenal kids, I'd like uh, my oldest son to walk out with Danny Welbeck because he's a Manchester United supporter. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and the other guy is Peter Cech for my other son, who's a Chelsea supporter, just to get back at them. <laughs> and not for Arsenal. Are they the sort of boys that would abuse the two walking out with them? <laughs> Uh, they, they they might want me to walk out with somebody like Seth Fabregas and maybe Van Persie in as a revenge call. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. Hey Alex, um, hey mate, I've got another double pass for you to this uh, weekend's Friday night's game between um, Central Coast Mariners and uh, Melbourne Victory at Simmons Stadium. So um, you can pick your favourite son and go to the football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. No worries. Stay on the line. We'll get your details. That's a good call. Thanks, Alex, from Melbourne, not Elbin. Um, there you go. Um, hey, boys, let's take a break now because uh, we're going to catch up with Mike McGrath very soon on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Finish last in your league and they call you an idiot. Finish last in medical school and they call you a doctor. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. We're going to catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK very, very soon. If he's not in a press conference, that is, but uh, we will catch up with uh, Mike McGrath very soon. Hey, boys, um, there is a a Q&A that I haven't asked today, and it's about... um, It's the longest segment. Yeah, no, it's a rolling segment. It's, it's a rolling. It's rolling. No, it's doesn't no, no. Have there's no end. Beginning and end. There's no start date <laughs> oh, or end date. a beginning. Well, you know what? Just because you said that, I'm mm. not going to ask it. I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> Our listeners no, are now disappointed there was no because they were. No inference that the segment wasn't going well. I was just. No, no. Well, it's it's because I was just going to ask it with. Okay, um, ask me the know, question. No, please. I'm not going to because because <laughs> oh, okay. the man that we've been promoting, yeah. you know, for the last couple of hours <laughs> has joined us. Mike McGrath from the Sun. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the Four Diego's. Hi, guys. Yeah. Thanks That's my pleasure and our pleasure. Vinny Venezuela's here. I'm Rodrigo, of course, uh, Warren, and uh, Carlos Alberto Diego. Now, we've asked you about uh, Pep Guardiola before, but during the week he came out and says that he wants to go to the EPL. If he says that, he must have a club. Who is it? The likelihood is that it's Manchester City. Um, he's got a very close relationship with uh, the board members there, and sporting director uh, Cheeky Berrystein, who they speak they speak often. The only thing I would, I, I I think it's it's ninety nine percent that it's going to be City. The only thing is that Pep has got a history of making impulsive decisions um, and making late decisions. So I think there's still the smallest glimmer of hope for. Uh, Chelsea and United and maybe even Arsenal uh, to, to get in there, but I would say he's more or less on his way to City. Mike Vinny here, is there, is there any chance that he, the, the challenge of fixing a team like Man U is something that uh, someone like Pep would entertain? I, I think so. I think that, that from what him, he very much likes the idea of being a Manchester United manager. 
Um, United themselves look like they're trying to give Van Gaal as much uh, kind of time as possible uh, and as many chances as possible to get it right this season and then hopefully at the end of next season pass the reins over to Ryan Giggs. Um, they've been quite clear that they don't really want to make that change like um, like City do at the end of the season, but I just feel that they would... I, I just feel it would be wrong to say we don't want Pep Guardiola when a, when a manager like that is available, so... Um, if I, you know, if I was Man U, I, I, I would certainly compete with uh, City for him. But I, I do, I, I think they feel that um, Pep's on his way to City as well. Mike, it's Carlos. You'd think that if Pep Guardiola decided to go to England, he says he's that's where his, his next destination is going to be. The part of the package deal that that you have to have bring with him some world class players. And in the last twenty four hours or so, the reports out of the UK. I don't know if the people are just putting two two together or they actually know something that if he does come, that Lionel Messi Messi will be coming with him. Now, is that a possibility in your mind? And because that, that suddenly that that trip almost trebles the package, financial package. And if he does come, does that suddenly you know tip the scales of the importance of the English competition or the EPL compared to La Liga? It would sway more to the English competition than La Liga these days. I'd like to think so. I mean, we've had a fantastic season here. If not quality in the Champions League, the entertainment's been, you know, as good as it's been for many a year. Uh, I do believe that City do, they want a marquee signing. They've been looking for it for well over a year. Um, If they could have got Pogba, they would have got him. Um, Messi, they would, or Neymar, they would have, they would have got these players if they can. They're very difficult to get. Um, and obviously that there's been some kind of, there's been talk about the relationship between Guardiola and Messi because at times it appeared a little bit strained um, at Barcelona towards the end of it. But I still feel that, that City will go for Messi. If they can, if they can get him, they will definitely, they, they will get him. Um, so I, I it would be an amazing coup for the for the Premier League. We, we've had a few years in the in the doldrums where Messi and Ronaldo have been, and Bale have been going over there. But hopefully, this this can kind of swing it back in our favour. We've got the TV deal starting next year. It's going to be absolutely massive money um, coming into the game, and hopefully, that will persuade the best players to come over here. Mike Gavini again, just on on the t- talk of, of of Gareth Bale. They given that. Uh, uh, Rafa Benitez is leaving Real Madrid, and there, he seemed, he and Bale seem to have a good rapport. There's, there's also talk that uh, Man U are looking at at someone like Bale. How, how much legs has a story like that got? How much truth to it do you think there is? Well, it's it's definitely true that they that they inquire about Bale, that they would that they would have him back, um, back in England. I, I just again, it's going to be difficult to get him out. The player himself, although he was close to to Benitez, um, from what we're hearing at the moment, he's not pushing for a move at all. He's, you know, but we'll obviously see how it goes under Zidane. Um, I think United would have got a bit of a trump card in Ryan Giggs, um, yeah, fellow Welshman that can possibly persuade 
Vale to come to Old Trafford. We're hearing that in the last window they that they thought they had a chance, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, mate, there's a glimmer of hope for them this um, transfer window, but I really don't think it will happen. I think if it does, it'll be the summer. Now, Mike, as I don't know whether you're aware that I support Liverpool a little <laughs> bit, but um, <laughs> if if I was speaking to you and the game this morning hadn't happened, our time. I would have been actually saying to you, what's changed under Jurgen Klopp? But based on the performance this morning against Stoke, which against the odds was actually a performance that you'd like to see from a Liverpool side, but he certainly hasn't been able to address the inconsistency in performance. And that's not only as a team, that's individual performance. The likes of Coutinho, Firmino, Leilana go from being looking interested to and playing with real effort to not being interested in being insipid against West Ham. Is it just the injuries, or has he got a, a lot to do as far as getting the, the squad that he wants to get together for Liverpool to perform consistently? Yeah, I, I just feel that the type of football that he plays is extremely difficult to maintain over 90 minutes, let alone over a period of months. In games, they can start really well and they will have lulls because it is just so difficult to play at that pace for the whole time. Now, I know that he will say that there's nothing linked to the injuries and, and the kind of pace of the game that he plays, but he, he, he can put two and two together and you think that there, there must be really. I, I think that, it's, that he's going to need a bigger squad and probably a, a, a notch higher in quality Kind of throughout it, if he, if he wants to kind of maintain this um, this the level of performance that he demands from his players, it, you're right. It, it does seem a little bit much for them at the moment. And as good as they can be against Chelsea and Stamford Bridge, um, they're they're extremely poor against West West Ham United. Mike, uh, I watched the the West Ham United and uh, Liverpool game on the weekend, and of course, two 0 win by the Hammers at the Boland Stadium is probably as good as you can get uh, in world football for me. When you talk about West Ham, but there was a kid that came on for Liverpool at left back uh, as a sub, a guy called Brad Smith. Do you do you notice at all a young Australian? <laughs> I mean, I'm just I was just really impressed with him, and I don't know if anyone else is talking about him over there, but he just seems like a young kid who's being promoted by Klopp that actually could be a really good player. Yeah, he, he was certainly not um, somebody on the radar before Klopp came. You know, unless you were following um, Liverpool extremely closely on that patch and seeing the reserve games, but obviously he's seen something in it because it was one of his very first, one of Klopp's very first games where he changed it up a bit. It might have been a cup tie, and he saw this. You know, saw saw the name. Um, Smith, which you, you know, uh, unless you remember Tommy Smith uh, yep. <laughs> from the Liverpool olden days, you think, you know, what, what's going on here? But I think that's really kind of the um, the regime of Klopp is like that. If he sees something in, uh, in 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 a young player, he will he will go for it. And I think if Brad Smith has got something, you know, it might be a bit of pace that he likes in his team or maybe something that he sees in the way he looks at the game in training um, and the way he's reading games, you know, beyond his, beyond his years. I think it's a real positive thing for somebody like Brad Smith to get given that chance. Um, and obviously that they've got a few injuries now. So, you know, if he can seize his opportunity whenever he gets it, it's um, a really promising future. 
Now, Mike, prediction time. You've got to put yourself on the line here. Arsenal on top come New Year. Aston Villa bottom. What changes? Who wins? Who gets relegated? Because now Carlos is actually looking at the ladder. Yes, I do take note after Christmas. <laughs> I um I think I think Villa are down. Um, I just don't, I can't see any way back for them. They won't be able to sign the players. Um, they won't be able to sign players. Nobody will want to go to them. And they're a club that are in free fall. Really, they they wouldn't win games in the championship right now. Um, and I think City will win. I know that's a bit boring. But I want Leicester to win, but I think City will win. Um, and Arsenal predictably will um, will kind of tail off with a with a few injuries come February time. So that's my prediction. I, I've probably predicted Leicester to go down in well. You've got more information now, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more prediction. Uh, another prediction, mate. Going over to Spain, Zinedine, Zinedine Zidane taking over there at Real Madrid. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, really. We we did think that uh, Mourinho would get uh, get the nod for that. We and I, I believe he was. See, that didn't happen. Um, I mean, it's he's a legend in every in every way, particularly at that club. So you sometimes feel that the only way is down, really, particularly when you know, Real Madrid just 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 so quickly. It's you know, I think. Yeah, I never really thought Rafa was a great fit for that team uh, with his style and the Galacticos they've got. But nevertheless, um, seven months isn't a long time. Um, it, it looks like a match made in heaven with his with um, Zidane's history. But it's just it's Real Madrid. You, you you could easily see him go by the end of the season, as much as you mm-hmm. can see him have a successful three or four years there. Hey, Mike, um, where are you off to this weekend? I'm going to um, Man United v Sheffield United. I just uh, if, if there's a chance of a upset, um, it might just be there. Fantastic. Well, enjoy the FA Cup there, Mike. And uh, as always, um, thanks for joining the Diego's here on our Wednesday night. And have a good day. And happy New Year too, yes, too Mike. Yes. Of course. Yeah, happy New Year. Yes. All right, Mike, there you go. Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Liverpool go to Exton. No, they go to Exeter. Oh, right. I know. Somebody buy that yeah, too. <laughs> anyway, let's take a break now and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport. You know what EPL stands for? Every player loaded. To all English Premier League coaches out there, happy coaching. This is the Four Diego's. Coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite with uh, Benny Jones. Uh, Make sure you stick around for that. Uh, Big weekend of A-League football coming up, guys. Uh, It starts on Friday night in Geelong at Simmons Stadium. Looking forward to this one. Central Coast Mariners take on Melbourne Victory. And uh, Victory needed that win at the weekend, Vinny. Were you you happy? I was happy with the win. I wasn't happy with the way they got it. Talk about those... Pulling my hair out. I was very frustrated by the way they were playing. Yeah, bit clumsy good to see, on the weekend. Good to see FBK. Oh, score. finally score. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. As opposed to missing them on the line. But, you know, that was... They win. Joyous. They but win. Victory win. They win emphatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 look, I, I had a look at Central Coast, uh, New Year's Eve, and they look really good. Young kids, uh, they've lost a lot of players because they're just leaving left, right and centre. Question marks over the manager. But... I don't know. Uh, it might be one of those ones that they might give victory a bit of a scare, but victory will still win. 
And then on uh, Saturday, uh, Melbourne City take on the Western Sydney Wanderers at uh, Amy Park. Should be a beauty. Yeah, I'm biased, but um, if Moy, Partaloo and Frenich are back, and I think if Fornaroli and... Harry Navio continue to play the way that they've played. I think um, City can cause what might be a notional upset. Yeah, yeah no. City can have it. Yeah, I'd like to say City, but I reckon West Sydney Wanderers are playing too well at the moment. Well, there you go. Should be an interesting weekend. Sydney FC take on Newcastle, Perth Glory, Adelaide United, Wellington Phoenix and Brisbane Raw. That's it for this week's show. Uh, thanks for joining us. So remember, Carter We've uh, Puerto Rican girls hang out. Where are there? Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba. Where are there? Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. Where are there? Wherever gringos play football. Where are there? We are the Fort Diego. Olé! Olé!